Welcome to Sunday Talks. We are in a series we're calling uh, Baptist Statesmen of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention, and, and to my left is uh, Bobby Thomas. We are privileged to have Bobby today. Uh, Bobby, when I started this series, I began thinking about men in our convention, it's Arkansas Baptist, uh, that are still living. There's some of those that I, w- that I wish I could go back in time and visit with that have made an impact and who are making an impact with the next generation and, and you know, hopefully for, for generations to come, um, but who help us maintain doctrinal integrity, mm. unity, uh, harmony, and keep us on, on mission. And so here's, here's my definition for Baptist statesman. It's a person who exhibits great wisdom and ability in directing the affairs of the convention and dealing with important issues pertaining to the churches. And so Bobby is the president and CEO of the Arkansas Baptist Foundation. We're going to talk a little bit about what that, okay. what that is um, and, and, uh, and what you do there. I want to get a brief introduction of who you are because i would be i'd be remiss to not say first of all that you're married to jennifer that's right and uh, that you have two daughters abigail and annie mm-hmm. and uh, uh they've been faithful members uh, jennifer grew up at, at mount carmel yes sir yeah her her family's been there since the mid to late 70s yeah and you've been there a long since, time now probably since 2000 i think yeah, probably just yeah, over 20 years yeah yeah and uh i've uh, been a, served as deacon there and done you probably done just about everything at mount carmel yeah, unfortunately, I chair a lot of search teams. I don't know. I don't know why that is always the case. <laughs> you, you didn't chair mine. So, I know yeah, there, there was yeah. something. Yeah, that, probably would have turned that out differently if you did. No, I don't know. <laughs> I wish you'd been on it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, but one thing for those y'all from our church here, uh, Bobby's a UCA, UCA alumnus, and uh, so went to went to went to UCA here. Among going to uh, as some other graduate degrees, and you've mm-hmm. been to. Uh, Oxford, yes, sir. Right? Not yeah. Mississippi, yeah, not the one in Mississippi. Yeah, I've been right. to Wharton Business School, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, University of Penn. Uh, yeah. I was thankful to be able to go there and and blessed to be able to do that. Yeah. There were there was a time in which I aspired to be uh, work in London. I thought that I thought I, was, I have a an uh, associate's degree in international trade that I don't use at yeah. all in the yeah. Baptist Foundation yeah. world, yeah. Uh, but. Uh, yeah, so it is an interesting dynamic being in your wife's home church. Yes. And so uh, I think we're past the season of the necessity for me to change my last name, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's something about 20 years. It's probably okay yeah. now, but she, yeah. she had to change I, her name. I've been in that church, and I've been I've been in ca- lived in Cabot. <laughs> you know, I, I remember people saying, you know, you're not from here. And I thought, well, I never will be from that's here. Right. So, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want you to tell us a little bit just your the backstory of how you got started in finance and and on the career that you had before you came to the foundation and then the transition to come to the Baptist Foundation. Sure. So as you said, I was a student at UCA. I was part of the Honors College program there and thankful to be able to do that. I was the first person in my family to go to college, still the only person in my family to complete college. Mm-hmm. And and so didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest with you. Yeah. But uh, growing up, I always liked math. Um, uh, to be honest, I aspired to be the general manager of the Atlanta Braves. I wanted to be John uh, Sherholtz. There you okay? go. Yeah. Uh, now I was probably, I guess, right on target with that. But uh, in that, I, most of the general managers now in baseball are business guys. You know, mm-hmm. they came from yeah. business schools yeah. and business backgrounds. But um, and I also like the stock market game as a kid mm-hmm. that we played that kind of in junior high. Yeah. In, yeah. in different classes, and so um, that's probably how I ended up in kind of business admin finance. Mm-hmm. And then, um, again, I didn't know what I was doing, so I got to a class early, uh, my mm-hmm. first semester yeah. at UCA in the in the business school or business program over there. And on a, there was a pegboard outside the classroom, and you could find anything from a couch to a roommate 
to everything in between. Well, one of the little tabs, and that's before we had cell phones, you pulled the little tab on the sheet yeah. of paper and it was about an internship at Merrill Lynch. And so I went back to the dorm after class wow. and called about this internship uh, at Merrill Lynch. And it, it ended up being at the Little Rock office. They didn't have a Conway office then. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was down at, at what was the TCBY tower then, yeah, yeah. downtown Little Rock. And so I started interning at Merrill Lynch in February of 1995. Mm -hmm. And so that was my second semester of college. and. Again, didn't really know what I was doing, just knew yeah. that I had one suit, uh, a, a suit a gentleman in West Memphis had given me to graduate in. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wore it probably every day. I yeah. don't remember, but I probably wore it every day until yeah. uh, somebody probably tipped me off otherwise. But yeah. that, that's how I got started. Yeah. Um, and, and really, um, Merrill and, and some, some gracious Christian men uh, there came, came alongside me, and I ended up being able to serve there for... 20 years, right at 20 years, yeah. I served at Merrill till March 1st of 2015. And, and really Merrill's who allowed me to, you know, I finished my degree here and as, as part of the honors program, I was able to go to Oxford. Um, and again, I thought, you know, I'm gonna go work at the Merrill Lynch office in London. Yeah, you know, that, I'm yeah. gonna be in the international space. And, and, and that quickly really, really didn't turn out to be a thing. And oddly enough, I spent all 20 years at the office in Little Rock. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a season in which I served as kind of a, um, advisory manager-like role of the Conway office, but I never, mm -hmm. never lived in Conway after college, yeah. and, and never was really fully stationed here. Was pretty much always out of the Little Rock office, and and really saw that time go from a certified financial planner to a, uh, a kind of an institutional consultant. And really, the yeah. last twelve years I was there had an opportunity to mainly serve nonprofit religious organizations, yeah. and really through that. Uh, I learned about the Arkansas Baptist Foundation for the first time as yeah. a client, really. They were a okay. client yeah. of mine, as was the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. Yeah. And so that's really were, were some key parts of that. And so mm -hmm. um, that's kind of how I got here. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, I remember people talking about you and Mount Carmel days and even afterwards about, I mean, you're the whiz kid. I mean, you were just, you know, just, just and that's, that's an honor that, you know, that, that early on people saw your talent and ability and, and you had an opportunity to, to advance and you had a great career there. Um, and then, you know, probably in, in, the, in the business world and among maybe your peers and what you were doing to make that transition from what you were doing at Merrill Lynch to come work for a nonprofit, you know, Arkansas Baptist Foundation um, I don't know how it's. I don't know how well that's known in the business world. I know it's not known well enough right. in Arkansas Baptist life. So, what was that like when you made that transition? Well, so it was interesting. So, I, I certainly felt called to ministry. I, I do feel like that's mm -hmm. a real thing for me, yeah. and that was an important thing for me. I, I don't feel called to preach. Yeah. Um, I do think there's a distinction there. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still a lay guy at heart, mm -hmm. a local church member. Mm -hmm. um, I have reverence for the position of pastor. Um, and, and, and so I do, I do feel like my call was different in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, I really felt more called to serve pastors mm -hmm. and leaders more so than to be a pastor yeah. or, or to preach yeah. the gospel. Um, and so really the way that manifests itself is through David Moore, my predecessor yeah. at yeah. the Arkansas Baptist Foundation. Name. David yeah. and I had had a long standing relationship. I had not had the opportunity to serve the foundation 
since about February of 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that means, I guess that means next next Thursday at our board meeting will mark 90 consecutive board meetings that I've wow. been in. I don't, yeah, know, wow. I don't know who else takes pride in that. but yeah. uh, And then really Dan Jordan at the Arkansas yeah. State Convention. Yeah. Dan was the longtime business manager, so he was yeah. my primary yeah. contact. So the you know david presented me with an opportunity to succeed him and follow him mm-hmm. be the first non-pastor to lead yeah. the foundation yeah. that was an interesting and kind of scary thing yeah. 70 plus year history of the ministry uh, for for a, a man to lead it that's not a pastor first right, right. Uh, but then dan was a great encouragement to me mm-hmm. um, helped me answer a lot of my questions um, and, and and then personally um, what was interesting is that, you know, so I, I worked for a secular firm, you know, mm-hmm. an a-religious firm right. yeah. that was just, you know, a for-profit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and really, it was frustrating in some way in that uh, the attorneys and the HR department didn't yeah. understand a, a yeah. guy about to turn 40 taking a 70% pay cut to go work for a client. Right. You know, right. and so yeah. I'm sure they were always waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know. Yeah. Has he done something that he's running from? <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But but I'll tell you, as I as I as I flew to New York and visited with attorneys and visited with different folks to try to explain what I was doing, um, it became an opportunity for me to really share a testimony yeah, of what I yeah. felt God was doing in my yeah, life and how yeah. God was calling us to do that. Yeah. And then also, I'm super. You mentioned Jennifer earlier. Super thankful for her and 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 we we had certainly been blessed at my time financially mm-hmm. to work mm-hmm. at Merrill Lynch, but also. I was thankful that she and I had exercised some discipline in our mm-hmm. lifestyle yeah. so that we we could take a 70% reduction in income and, yeah. and still be fine, really. Yeah. And that was yeah. the, that I don't want to say there wasn't a sacrifice, but you know we didn't have to sell our home. We, we stayed yeah. in the same church yeah. room and stayed in our same home. And, yeah. and so um, in some ways, our call was not one of uprooting. You know, we mm-hmm. hear about folks being called yeah. to the mission field and those type things and just being uprooted from their circumstance. Right. You know, we, we really... What made it easy for me to say yes uh, and give myself vocationally unto the Lord was that my wife was in her hometown, she's in yeah. her home church, yeah. in our home, yeah. and so it it, it really it, it was. I felt like it was a bigger change for me than it was for the rest mm-hmm. of my family. My girls were young then. Yeah. You know, Abigail's eighteen now, yeah. Annie's soon yeah. to be fifteen. Yeah, and and yeah. so. Um, but this is a process that really started the first part of 2013. That was a whole nother thing. Mm-hmm. We had this, David and I had this very interesting 22 month transition. Yeah, I remember I, that. I don't know yeah. if anybody, I wouldn't recommend it necessarily. Yeah. It worked out great yeah. though. It allowed me to provide Merrill some more comfort mm-hmm. in what I was doing. Um, and so I was, again, blessed to be able to do it. And there's so many little things the Lord did to prepare us to be able mm-hmm. to say yes yeah. and, and really not, he made it easy. Right, I guess is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it was an yeah. easy thing yeah. to do. Well, and you know, you mentioned about the call to ministry. You you've always displayed that as long as I, you know, I was thinking about this morning about how long I've known you. You were in your 20s, I think, when I met, and I was I know I was in my 30s, and I think there's right. about that much gap. But it's been a long time. But you've always displayed that ministry, and you've done things, Bobby. And I'm just saying this to commend you mm-hmm. for that. Um, that people don't know about. I mean, you worked with CBC here a lot when mm-hmm. back when I first came back to Conway. Right. And just things that again, folks don't know, but I think that's the that's the call of God in our lives to serve wherever mm-hmm. we're needed. And as a as a as a I've watched you in this new role with with pastors, like you said, working with pastors, is that um 
even though you're a business guy, I don't know. I don't know anything about. I understand how all that works and what you do and managing the the multi millions of dollars that, that that have been entrusted to the foundation. But you you disarm pastors who don't know that just that, that your your ministry uh, acumen, I guess, would say you you know about the convention, you know about what's going on, you can talk theology with guys, and I think that's that's disarming to us sometimes. Like, hey, listen, this guy's a brother, um, but he also has this intelligence and the skill in this ministry that's very much needed we need to be good stewards and and uh um you've you've shown that to me that's part of the that's part of the statesman role um talk a little bit about what the um so i started to start off with this question but i thought we may lose people (laughs) if we start off with this so what is the Arkansas Baptist Foundation? What, are, what does it do? Well, I would say first and foremost, we're a service ministry of the Arkansas Baptist State Convention. We're owned and operated by the churches. We're mm-hmm. created to serve the churches. Yeah. And so, and still in the Baptist building. Still in the Baptist building or, or back in the Baptist back building. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't. That'll either be my legacy or, or my scar, depending great, on how I we. Think it was a yeah. great move. Yeah. So yeah, one of the. So I, I became president March first, two thousand fifteen. Our first board meeting was the second Thursday in May of two thousand fifteen. We voted to sell our building and move back into the Baptist building, yeah. having having been out of the Baptist building for fifteen years. And so, it's been a blessing for us. I'm mm-hmm. thankful that the executive board and their receptiveness for us. But anyway, so we've landed on kind of three action verbs regarding mm-hmm. the role of the foundation and it's really serve advise and encourage mm-hmm. and really in two basic areas and they follow each other in the baptist faith and message and i'm kind of a yeah a baptist polity dork if you will and yeah. so i love the baptist faith and message and uh section 13 and 14 is stewardship and cooperation mm-hmm. and so really we serve advise encourage in those areas um, a lot of what that looks like today well i'll give you an example i just came back from northwest arkansas we're working with a church uh i had the opportunity to serve them and, mm-hmm. and speak at a luncheon a couple of weeks ago in the yeah. midst of their capital campaign that we're assisting them with um and then today or this morning at 7 and eight thirty, mm-hmm. i met with folks that were at that luncheon yeah. in an attempt to advise them of how they could best participate with the assets and resources that the Lord has blessed them with. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I got a chance to go to lunch with the pastor, and I hopefully I was an encouragement to him sure, yeah. uh, as they're getting ready to you know, get commitment cards and, and see where that's going to be. Yeah. And, and I've been following the services online, mm-hmm. uh, listening to kind of see how those things are communicated, celebrating with them from afar. Right. Uh, and so th- that's a very specific example of how we participate with that church. but. Really, I, I say at the end of the day, we're a gift administrator, a gift processor. Mm-hmm. We have an opportunity to process typically non-cash gifts. You know, most people are yeah. cash and check and credit card and online. All that stuff's done through yeah. their local church. Yeah. But occasionally when they're giving away assets, things that the Lord has allowed them to accumulate, mm-hmm. we get involved. And any given year, we, we typically are processing 25 to $30 million um in in ministry gifts made by arkansas baptist to ministries in our state and all around our our world really mm-hmm. um and so um and then occasionally that takes the form of a of what i call a gift with hair on it that's not a very official term you know <laughs> but uh you know something that has ongoing maintenance a right. scholarship fund a missions right. fund a yeah. trust yeah. and so we we use our staff of, of attorney cpa accountant folks to to administer that typically once the the person's gone mm-hmm. and to carry out their yeah. wishes and yeah. there's about 1400 different gift agreements that we administer every year wow. uh, about 400 million dollars um, and so we're 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 blessed to be able to do that and and that's what i tell folks all the time every conversation i'm drawn into 
mm-hmm. is about how God's people are trying to support God's church yeah. and doing God's will. Yeah. And it and we're just trying to help them be wise. Right. And, and so right. we're really in a way we're interjecting ourselves, but in a way we're we're trying to stay out of the way. Yeah. And yeah. just let that happen. God's yeah. already pricked their heart. He's already put laid that conviction on their heart. Well over ninety nine percent of every gift we process is designated. The person already knows what they're trying to give it to. Right. Uh, we're just right. trying to help it get there. Yeah. In, in the yeah. most efficient way possible. Yeah. Well, I don't know if y'all caught that because you said it quickly because that's a big number four hundred million dollars. Yes, sir. Managing that that's a that's a great responsibility of stewardship. Um, in fact, we just had someone when you came in today. I'd set you up. Someone had come by the office yesterday and sit in our church and said, "Hey, I, do you know anything about the Arkansas Baptist Foundation or anybody there?" And I said, I, "In fact, I do." And he's going to be in our office tomorrow. So she came by and. Um, the whole staff is very helpful. I mean, Carla and I went through uh, praying our will and trust, and, mm-hmm. and the, the attorney there was helpful to us. And so that's available to all of our people, to, to the resources that you have and the team that you have. Um, and, and folks, I think most of us who don't, you know, who don't deal with this day-to-day, it's kind of scary. It's good to know, hey, we've got somebody and a group of, of people, a team of people right. that are there uh, who have the same interest. It's nice to have people that are like-minded, that come from the same theological background and understand even even just the church and how the church operates. Well, and, and what's exciting for me, I, I talked again a, bit, a little bit about my call, and, and one of the things in that process in 2013, the board chairman at the time, uh, Mr. Tommy Vaughn, he's a member of Emanuel Little Rock, he said, Bobby, do you think your staff has to have a similar call to you? Hmm. And at the time, I probably said, well, you know, does does the receptionist have to have a call yeah, to ministry, yeah. you know, and how do, how do those things work? And I've learned that, in fact, they do. And yes, Tommy was yeah, right yeah. in that. And as we've been able to restaff the ministry, mm-hmm. it, it's been great to see um, folks that have been secularly trained, uh, and especially younger folks, that, mm-hmm. that didn't have a concept for, well, I've got an accounting degree. How am I ever going to work in ministry right. to be able to give them a yeah. place to serve? Or, or, or a young attorney who says, I want to use this for the, for the God's glory. Yeah. Is there a way to do that? Yeah. And so that's what's exciting for us. We've got a staff of 10 folks, um, uh, or, or 11 if you caught, count Dr. Horn. Dr. Horn's been yeah. working with yeah. us for about yeah. seven years as an ambassador and consultant to me, mm-hmm. uh, and has been a great blessing to me. He was my... Um, Security blanket for for being the first non-pastor. To okay. be honest with you, and so as soon as I could, yeah, uh, yeah. I said, "Well, he's a good one." Uh, yeah, yeah, let yeah. let let's have a pastor speak into these decisions I made. Yeah, uh, yeah. because I do feel, and I mentioned this before, I I really do feel like my job was to remain a, an active layperson mm-hmm. in my local church, mm-hmm. and 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 that really that would what would allow me to best serve other pastors is to have the perspective of a local churchman and mm-hmm. a lay leader yeah and, and to and to try to lend them so oftentimes i'm allowed to have conversations with pastors personally yeah to where they're not my pastor right but we can role play as if i were right a member of their church how would yeah. this be perceived yeah, yeah. And, how, and so yeah. it's it's a great thing and, and some of my best friends are now pastors mm-hmm. in our state yeah and so um that's what's really been most rewarding is yeah. those relationships that god's allowed me to have with with key pastors in the state uh are really pastors of churches of any size mm-hmm. and 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 just those relationships been such a blessing. Well, and that's one of the reasons I invited you to do this because I think that's where you are. Besides what you're doing in your normal day to day with handling funds and stewarding those things, is the impact you're making with pastors. And mm. you know, we're trained 
in theology. We're trained in, in, you know, how to do committee work. But most of us don't have any kind of business background. Some, some do, and some are benefited from that. But just having those relationships, I think, has helped you. Uh, you're making an impact that, you know, again, maybe will be seen for years to come. One thing I love about you, and this again was before you came to the to the to the to work for Arkansas Baptist, was that you've always been you've always known about what's going on in Arkansas Baptist life. I mean, when when I was at Mount Carmel, um, I was amazed at your knowledge of what was going on in the convention. Um, it's increased a whole lot, I'm sure. But is that something that's always been a passion for you? Have you always been interested? Like you said, you're a you're a Baptist faith and message. Would you say nerd? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A polity so, nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do love our polity. Yeah. I, I love our cooperative spirit. I love the way our governance works. I love that our churches are locally autonomous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, I guess as long as I've known that's a thing, yeah. I, I've been drawn to it. Right. And, and, and I sometimes marvel that it works. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. We have we have locally autonomous churches right. that are voluntarily cooperating to fund missions together. Yeah. Uh, and and. You know, voluntary subject themselves to a two-day business meeting yes, every year. Yeah, you know, yeah. and and so, um, but again, I'll go back to Dan Jordan. Dan Jordan has probably given me the best perspective mm-hmm. of some of that history. Yeah, um, and, and really given me uh, um, enhanced that passion maybe for right. that. Uh, and then again, secularly, I was trained as a nonprofit consultant, and a lot of my role with Merrill was governance. Mm-hmm. Board governance, working with nonprofit boards, right. helping them kind of stay on the right side of things yeah. and to do things yeah. correctly. And so, really, when this call for me was a was a unity of those things. Yeah. It was a yeah. unity of yeah. my love for being Southern Baptist, as well as my my training in governance mm-hmm. and how those two things mesh together. And so, um, for me, it was just a a perfect fit. Um, and then one of the thing Dan had recommended to to Dr. Amel Turner that I uh, he had nominated me for the ABSC uh, bylaws and articles articles and bylaws committee oh, well, so back when like I was yeah back when I was still at, at Merrill Lynch yeah. I had an opportunity to serve on a committee at the ABSC level yeah. and that even kind of furthered that again the, yeah. I'm one of those that kind of learned through curiosity yeah and so I, I was curious about that and and the more I became exposed yeah. to it kind of the more yeah. curious I got and then in this role as as I've befriended and and tried to serve our pastors well um i think part of my job is to help them be as informed as they can be and so as i've had friends serve at the sbc level or serve at the state Mm -hmm. level um those conversations end up kind of evolving into um some of those governance questions some of those polity questions and and it's kind of the iron sharpens iron you Mm -hmm. know i think those conversations cause us to be more convicted if you will yeah. in our beliefs and yeah. and maybe I know pride's a sin at times but being prideful of be Southern Baptist sure. and that's yeah. something I am yeah. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm optimistic yeah. Uh, yeah you know I, I'm a guy that wakes up every day thinking perfect as possible yeah. so hey let's <laughs> give it a shot and so uh, I'm excited I yeah. mean I, I, yeah. I'm not discouraged in any way yeah you know and I, I've, I've shared that with each of the gentlemen we've talked with in fact you just kind of named off the row we <laughs> before you on this uh, podcast and video has been Rex Horn uh, Dan George Jordan and Angle okay. Turner, so so you'll be coming right in after those. But we've we've talked about that about the optimism of the convention. I'm I am I'm excited. About, I'm I'm even excited about going to Anaheim this summer. So yeah. I, in fact, that'll be coming up here in just a few weeks. Um, so as I was thinking about this, um, here I don't know how many pastors actually watch this, but but uh, I know that our church and hopefully our, our our pastoral staff does too. But what's something you wish that churches our pastors would know or practice concerning finances and stewardship. Maybe that we are 
not doing as generally? Well, I, w- I would say I, I hope all our churches realize that, that they have a, a privileged status in, in the eyes of the government and the mm-hmm. eyes of the IRS as a public charity. Yeah. And what that means is that it's for the, the good and the well-being of the public. Yeah. And so I think we take that for granted a mm-hmm. lot of times. And, you know, oftentimes we use the phrase, you know, a watching world. Yeah. Well, I, I saw a recent column you said, yeah. God is watching. God's watching. And, and I think That's we right. forget those things. Yeah. We forget yeah. that we've been given a sacred place as mm-hmm. a public charity. Yeah. Uh, each and every one of our churches has. Right. And, and God's watching and the world's watching how yeah. we steward that. Yeah. Um, and so... I guess what I would say, um, and this isn't a this isn't a broad criticism. Hopefully, mm-hmm. it's an encouragement right. that let's get it right. Let, let's mm-hmm. uh, you know let's get our governance right. Let's get yeah. our financial administration right. Uh, h- how we handle resources. Let's get those things right. Let's mm-hmm. let's let's don't be caught up with getting by. Right. I think sometimes yeah. we're oh, all yeah. guilty of just this the yeah. overwhelming how many things to do that, hey, let's just get by. Let's just get mm-hmm. this behind us. It's never been a problem before. It's never going to be a problem in the future. And mm-hmm. and I think that that is just the satan telling us a lie yes because um one of the things we've discovered in the six or seven years i've been at the foundation in this position is that that many of our churches um have maybe taken for granted that that kind of position that sacred position Mm -hmm. and have not been as diligent as they can in in handling their financial affairs not in an abusive way but maybe just also not in, not in line with the letter of the law, right? right. And so uh, I, I don't want to be a legalist there, yeah. but but I want to be optimistic that we can get it right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and then likewise, pastors. So when you kind of transition, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of the church reflects the beliefs yeah. of the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And so we want to help pastors develop that stewardship testimony for themselves. Yeah. So they can lead from that place. Uh, yeah. And then, and then, really, one thing that kind of keeps bubbling up as I deal with pastors. So, uh, and, and you can hopefully testify to this. Um, pastors often have laymen in their church mm-hmm. that are business guys. Yeah, yeah. That attempt to speak into yeah. the pastor and how he ha- he or she handles he handles right. finances, right? Right. Yeah. So you you got. Men and women of the church speaking into how the pastor ought to handle finances, yeah, yeah. and especially men. Yeah. And, and and so oftentimes um, we have to remind pastors that the church is not your business, yes, not your personal business, absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah. where that business person is telling you how he handles his private his, business. Yeah, yeah, guess what? That business does not have to be for the good of the public. It can be for the good of his or her family. Yes. And so yeah. we have to That's a good point. remind those pastors that you're, you've been given the bride of Christ mm-hmm. and, and it's for the public good and well-being. Mm-hmm. And, and let's be sure and treat it mm-hmm. that way. And the last thing you want to get caught up in is private benefit or any of those things yeah. that yeah. Could, could really, again, sour that stewardship testimony yeah. of that church or of that pastor. And so yeah. we're here to help with that. I mean, mm-hmm. we've got folks that I think are, are well-equipped to speak into those things, mm-hmm. but just every every month, every year that goes by, it seems like that becomes a bigger issue. We're, we're certainly in a spiritual battle. I know we are all aware of that. Yeah. And and if religious liberty is the, is the front battle line, I yeah. think maybe government compliance mm-hmm. and administration may be that kind yeah. of secondary yeah. flank that yeah. we're neglecting. Yeah. So. Well, that's a great point, Bobby, because we do, we have privileges living in this country and even the, the laws certainly do favor us a lot in, in the, what, the benefits we get. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm like you, when I worked at the association, I would find so many churches that were like, 
ignoring things or just blatantly disobeying. Right. And, and it's hard making those changes. It's hard coming in and, and saying, hey, we're going to correct this. And it may cost us financially. You know, it may co- you know I've, I've had that at times mm-hmm. in churches where I've said, okay, listen, we can't do what you've been doing. It's right. going to hurt me financially, to be honest. But I'm going to have... I'm going to be able to sleep at night knowing that I've done what God wanted me to do. And I think in the church, if, if we're cutting corners there, we, we are just, it, it really hurts our testimony. Well, and, and what we've decided as a staff is that God has made us too wise in these things mm-hmm. to allow others to be unwise. Yeah, absolutely. And so yeah. we, we've kind of caught a burden for yeah, others, yeah, if you will, yeah, that, hey, yeah. uh, we at least want to make you knowledgeable, cognizant, aware right. uh, of yeah. what the rules are, and, and let's try to figure out a way to get it right yeah and that's that's yeah. really that get it right phrase is kind of we yeah. we, we all want to get it done yeah yeah but yeah. L- you know let, let's prioritize getting it right 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 well that that's a great word i know that bill rogers our treasurer will appreciate that he's he's diligent about that and he's led our financial team to always be you know trying to do their well, best to get it right in every matter well there's just a meeting this week where we were talking about training and, and and i said it would be heartbreaking for me personally if we held a workshop, a church admin workshop, mm-hmm. and church treasurers and mm-hmm. and financial secretaries from around the state come to a training, and and how how heartbreaking would it be that when they go back in their local church, we've we've merely equipped them for a battle? Yeah, yeah. You know that they've yeah. got to fight right with ordained, called men and, mm-hmm. of God that are on that staff, and yeah. so I, I feel a burden to help our pastors understand those things. Yeah. Not so they can take on that every day, but so that they can, again, support that staff person who is charged with that or that lay person or that volunteer yeah. that's yeah. just really trying to do their best. Yeah. yeah. Well, great stuff, uh, Bobby. One, one other question I want to ask you is, and I know this is a burden for you and even everything Next Generation. In fact, you look at the your staff, you got a lot of young people there that, that are that have come alongside you. But how, how are you and how is the foundation helping the next generation in areas of stewardship and finance? Well, there's a few things that we started, and, and Greg Addison was a part of this when he was at the Arkansas State Convention, as, as we started a series of faith and business luncheons uh, okay. where, yeah. where we, we went to Williams and Washtenaw and worked with business students to how to use your faith in your yeah. business. You know, yeah. as you're getting ready to graduate, how can yeah. you, one of the things that Merrill allowed me to do uh, when I was at Merrill, they allowed us to start a Christian focus group and we trained advisors on how to use your faith in your practice. Wow. And so, yeah. and so it, it, I couldn't believe that they let me do it, yeah. but yeah. they did. Uh, and so we talked about some of those things, those luncheons. I've also had the opportunity normally to speak, especially at Washtenaw, the Higginbotham School of Business to their mm-hmm. seniors yeah. as they're preparing to graduate and, and kind of speak into as they make decisions and, mm. and work through those things. Uh, we also frequently use interns. We've got two more starting this month. Yeah. Um, and so try to just nurture them one-on-one, give them again a perspective of if you're getting ready to law school, getting ready to graduate with an accounting degree, here's an example of how you could use that yeah. in, in maybe an yeah. atypical way. And and then and this isn't necessarily uh, in in their personal area of stewardship or finance, but but we've become one. Uh, I think one of the largest administrators of scholarships, privately funded scholarships. Mm. And so we've tried to speak into the and and help um, those individuals that are receiving those scholarships have a have a respect and kind of. Um, honor the the legacy and life yeah. of those individuals that set those scholarships up. Right. So we've 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 had to learn that the first step of honoring them is educating them about those individuals, sure. not to glorify those individuals. Right. But right. but to set an example of how yeah. you can kind of invest in some, that yeah. next generation. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're you're making a huge impact, Bobby. And the great thing is is most of the statesmen I'm talking to are older than me. <laughs> 
So <laughs> some of them are, I won't say how old, but some of them are, you know, they're and faithful, still faithful. But you're younger, and I appreciate that. And you're you're going one of the, you're one of those that's kind of leading a next generation of mm, leaders in Arkansas, that, and uh, um, excited about what God's doing, what He's going to do as you continue on in that. And I appreciate you taking time out Got of a busy, yeah, busy, busy schedule out. coming to Conway to do this. Uh, we always say on on Sunday talks that if this benefits you and you enjoyed this, to uh, share it with someone else. Um, hopefully, hopefully it'll connect you with uh, Arkansas Baptist Foundation. It's abf.org. Abf.org. Yeah, and so you can find out lots of services there, lots of ways, you, and it's actually in the Baptist building. You go up there. If you want to go see Brandon Gross, one of our church members. Yeah, just right working. across the hall. Yeah. yeah, right across the hall from him. Brandon will take you to lunch. Bobby Bobby, <laughs> Bobby will tell you everything you need to know about uh, found the foundation. But uh, we want to encourage you to watch this, share this with others, and uh, if you enjoyed it, let us know about it. Thanks again.